And we're back with another movie night pick as well as one to avoid. But uh, Rodney, before we get into any of that, uh, you remember uh, our old friend John Negroni? I ask because I know you know. Yeah, why? How wouldn't I? Well, because, you know, look, I, I see you looking up stuff about him every single day. The obsession's weird. Uh, I know that you had quite an issue with him before, and then he came on the show. For those of you who don't know, he was the the author of, is the author of the Pixar theory, which became internet famous, which then sparked John Negroni's career. And uh, Rodney took issue with that originally. And then John Negroni came on the show to defend himself uh, against all of Rodney's attacks. And that was, that was quite fun. But since then, and I'm not saying it's because of our show. I'm not saying that we springboarded him. I'm just, I'm not saying it's not because of that. Uh, he actually has been brought on to do a podcast for We Got This Covered, which is a, you know, a big website that brought him in and, uh, to, to host this podcast for them discussing movies and stuff. And again, I'm not saying it's because of our show, but I mean, I just put the dots out there. You have to make your own connections. I, I don't get why you're suggesting that it's weird. I just have a picture of his where I have connected his face to yarn on places and maps where atrocities happen. I don't understand what's weird about that. Well, uh, he recently on one of their episodes, um, you know, and mind you, we, we stay in touch with him, but not, not like, not weekly, not like we do with some of our other, uh, connections we have, whether it be checked out in Jersey or, uh, Linden or whatever. Uh, John is someone who we talk to every few months, but recently talked about our show on his podcast i have one last podcast uh if you if you're looking for a straight up movie podcast because we've, we've offered a couple like a comedy movie podcast and a, a fantasy book cop uh, podcast with some movie stuff uh down the hall podcast uh this is a great one go to down the hall podcast.com uh chet and rodney are the hosts and they're on a mission to save movie night they're great they there's those are those are cool names. Chet and Rodney. They, they just go together, right? Yeah. Um, it's like they were born to podcast together. <laughs> yeah. I love they're, when... they're actually like, well, yeah, that's it. The idea is they go down the hall to meet up with each other yeah. to talk about oh. movies they should watch on movie night. I really love when you can just see like destiny intertwined in people's lives very clearly. <laughs> And this is one of those times, John. Well, Down the Hall podcast, part of the reason that is they have so much chemistry. They they actually watch movies on Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Now, and all those things. And uh, not only do they tell you recommend movies that you should go check out on movie night, but they also bring in people from these movies and they interview them. And they, uh, they did a recent episode for The One I Love, a movie that came out years ago. Uh, but they they talked about that one, and um, they they just kind of weed through all the the movies. I think the well, their most recent episode they interviewed someone from The Big Sick and talked to them, and I, they, they're just a great great podcast duo, very laid back, casual, but they love movies. And uh, if you love Cinemaholics, I think you guys are gonna like them as well. I don't. Wow. You know, I I I hate that someone just said wow. that it was destiny for us to do. You know what that makes me want to do? Oh, it's like. That? Quit right now. (laughs) I knew it. You're such a contrarian. What about him uh, distinctly pointing out accurately that we're we're movie recommendation podcast as opposed to a movie review podcast? We're we're here to take back movie night. 
Yeah, he we let, better, we he let movie Rob that. do our reviews because he's way better at it than we are. All right, I'll pull. I'll take one yarn off of a point on the map. Maybe there's one atrocity he's not responsible for in the world. Maybe one. All right, so, so I'll take down one yarn uh, connecting him to you know a bad thing that happened. So thanks, John. You can go over to uh, Cinemaholics. They have that that podcast that comes out, I think, weekly. Um, and that what's great about what they do is they actually do straight up reviews differently than what we do. We don't we don't get into reviewing movies. They actually do that. They break down movies in depth. They talk about story uh, storylines and things like that. And uh, it's good for me because recently they did an episode. This one that they talked through uh, just now was from their episode Annabelle about Annabelle creation, which is a movie you know I will never see as a horror movie. God, but I, it's you, good you, to you're hold on, missing on it because I with this podcast it's great because I can listen to them talk about it. I can stay current with like what that franchise is doing without having to watch it. Yeah, but you no. You should just watch. You should embrace some horror movie. I I can't believe when I said what lies beneath that that would have been a movie you would have like. No, that was put a line in the sand and not watched. That was me misremembering. I think what that what that movie was. But uh, I mean, it's like a thriller. It, it, it you could consider it a horror. I'm fine with thrillers, but yeah, I think you're so anti. You're missing such a good segment of movies. Well, again, thank you, John, um, and uh, everyone over there for the We Got This Covered Cinemaholics podcast. And like we had mentioned a few weeks back, we're actually having John back on the show. Uh, That's not set in stone or scheduled yet, but we have uh, talked with him and he's agreed to come back. He wrote a book and we're going to be talking a little bit about that with him. I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. I'm psyched. And here we go. All right, Rodney, so what is our movie of the week? The movie of the week this week is Big Eyes. Uh, from Big 20- Guys? Not Big Guys. Okay. Big Eyes. I was going to say, I, I, I was really concerned there for a minute that I had watched the wrong movie. Um, No. I mean, I'm sure you have seen the famous Big Guys movie as well. I wouldn't, well, who hasn't? You know, I, some people call it Big, <laughs> the story of the guy who grew up really quickly. <laughs> uh, Big Eyes. Uh, 2014, starring Amy Adams, Christoph Waltz. Uh, based on a true story. Yes. Fantastic movie. Right. One that I watched a long time ago. Um, and well, I mean, how long ago watch. could it have been? It was 2014. <laughs> Eight years ago. How long ago is 2014? I don't know. Uh, about that. Uh, this is a movie you can find on uh, on Netflix. It was directed by Tim Burton. I believe this is his director- directorial debut, right? Tim Burton, yeah. new guy, yeah, new guy I, on the scene. He I mean, I, I hadn't heard else. of him. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I think he'd worked on some smaller projects, maybe some shorts, you know, direct to TV stuff. Yeah, I think one was called so like Tim Burton. I don't know. I'm going to give him an outside chance. Nightmare I think, before you know, I don't know. For Thanksgiving, um, so this is like a it's a biography crime drama um, based on a true story, like I said, of the the famous painter Walter Keane. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe famous for. You know, false reasons, as as the movie might depict. Yes, the uh, the yeah the well known the well known person Walter Keane, whether he is or isn't an artist, is to be determined. Right. So this is a story that I was unaware of, but as it turns out, I think there was as I was doing some research. There's like a this is like a major story that people were talking about when it happened. Um, obviously, before our time, this was set in the 70s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the painter is Walter Keane, played by Christoph Waltz. Um, and the movie is called Big Eyes because the paintings he became famous for were of these children who were depicted with uh, cartoonishly large eyes. That mm-hmm. was kind of the signature of, of of the paintings themselves. 
Uh, so Amy Adams plays his wife, and I'm trying to think of what I'm allowed to say without giving anything away, but because it is based on a true story, I think even the trailer itself uh, does show that that there's question as to who is actually the painter, whether it be Walter Keane, played yeah. by Christoph Waltz, or or the wife. Um, and the reason that it's worth a movie night, I think, is, well, one, I think people should be willing to give Tim Burton movies, a, a, you know, ago when when it comes down to it i think he's earned that whether you like him or not he's wildly successful but you can always tell it's a tim burton film that's very stylized this is no exception there's a lot of color to this and a lot of sort of artistic renditions to scenes that that you know has a very tim burton flavor to uh but also it's a really compelling story and again i I knew almost nothing about this going into it aside from what the previews told me and you're caught up in this drama where Christoph Waltz is again a crazy person mm-hmm. and is uh has put Amy Adams in this position where you know she's contributing to his work at some level mm-hmm. and I won't I won't go into too many more details there but she's contributing at some level and he's posing as if it's all him. Right. And how that plays out in the film again based on a true story and how it comes to a resolution uh was fascinating and his character <laughs> the change that he undergoes throughout the movie of being sort of this you kind of like him he's you you trust him at first and then all of a sudden he you realize wow this dude is this dude is crazy yeah. which he plays that that role extremely well which we've learned uh from him before i i'll second the idea of a tim burton movie um i'm not always a huge fan of tim burton movies but i think in this particular situation uh there is a lot of color there's a lot of brightness to this movie uh, which I've always loved. And um, the other thing that I would add is, as you said, and I think this isn't really giving anything away, you know, he's basically like a charismatic salesperson, you know, so that, you know, it was kind of like, oh, he painted these other things that people didn't seem to give him too much credit for, um, or, you know, think all that highly of. But she, she's then become this, you know, she's obviously a really talented artist. Like, I don't, that, there's no doubt about that in the movie. And then in the process of selling the paintings, you know, he, he, you kind of slowly start to realize or slowly start to watch him kind of go off the rails. Oh, yeah. You know, the more she's, you know, not okay with it or not okay with how it all goes. Yes. Um, and so it's a great story. Yeah. I mean, and it's less than two hours and it's right on Netflix. So that always gets points in mm-hmm. my book for whether 100%. it's a movie night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodney, what was the, what was the, like the reaction amongst fans, the IMDb score? Uh, so it's a 7.0 on IMDb right now. Uh, for me, it was an 8. Uh, what'd you give it? I also gave it a 7. I think that uh, it was, again, a really compelling story. I think if Christoph Waltz didn't play uh, the Walter Keane, it would be less compelling to me. Because I think yeah. he, his, he's so magnetic as, a, as an actor. I, I always want to see more scenes with him. Nothing against Amy Adams, but I think she's just... A good actress, whereas Christoph Waltz, to me, can make or break a movie. So his presence in the movie is what sort of elevated it for me. But realizing that made me think, I don't think I can put it up with some of the other movies we've recommended. But sure. I will say, and I was telling you this, you you got to go see it. It's such a great story. Like, it's such a great story. You have to go see it. It's quick. It's on Netflix. You know, it's worth your time. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I probably have a higher opinion of, of Amy Adams, but I also really agree to me. Christoph Waltz is what pushes it over the top from a movie that I think is, you know, a good recommendation to an eight, which would be like a really, really great movie because I think he his portrayal of someone 
coming off, you know, a charismatic salesperson going off the rails and you also realizing like, oh, are they like a sociopath slash just insane person? I think the ending makes it worth the movie night. Oh, yeah. I think as it builds and gets gets to that and you see it and that you can then have a true story that you can talk about where, you know, Walter Keene was an insane person who <laughs> got credit for painting for forever, um, you know, and took advantage of the fact that it was probably a, an era where you could, you know, silence a woman uh, more easily, you know, or mm-hmm. like, you know, have something to be gained by, you know, just saying, just let me take the credit for it. And, you know, we'll both be better off for it, right? Like, I'll still provide for you. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, this, yeah, it's a, it's, it's great though. So, um, I think now that that leads in as always to what, uh, professionals have to say beyond just you and I. Hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely. I like you a lot. So the Rotten Tomato score is a 71%. Um, so not, not certainly not the highest one that we've seen. Um, but again, you know, it's, um, it's definitely up there in terms of, you know, even critics saying that it's a a great movie to go see. Some of the Um, ones that were, some of the reviews I was reading were very, very high. So like, even though, so 71%, some of them were extremely high. Some of them were extremely low, which I think is what brings that down to a 71%, which I think is consistent with Tim Burton films. Cause I feel like it's so stylized how he does things kind of like Tarantino, where if you like that, if you like his style, you're going to like the movie. And if you don't, you're way on the other side. Like he doesn't, he doesn't walk the line, right? He's very, he has a footprint, right? Yep. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. And I think that's why this, it doesn't surprise me that it's out of 71%. Yeah. But I will say if for anyone who maybe isn't, is hearing this and is all of a sudden picturing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or, you know, like, it's not that it's it's distinct, but at the same time, it's it's not in that vein, in my opinion. So let's see what the uh, best and worst review were. Uh, so the worst review was from the playlist. It says campy and cartoonish. Burton's big eyes is not the return to form many were hoping for. It is another phony and hollow piece of sugary kitsch ploitation masquerading under the guise of an important true story that places a nearly grotesque premium on style over any traces of substance. Boy. No, it's over the top. I I mean, I, I kitschploitation, kitschploitation. I don't, I guess, you know, you could say that it, I, I don't think that that's true though. I don't think that it like is gratuitous in, in terms of like showcasing its style over the story. No, the story is what makes it great. The story, there's no like, there's no point in time where all of a sudden you're dealing with like CGI or no, some right, like insane right. color well, scheme or something I mean, as opposed to telling the story, in my opinion. At some point, I remember she's in a store and she starts seeing people as having those. Yeah, eyes, good but, point. Okay. Like that could be, yeah, I guess like maybe that, but outside of that scene, I, it's no, not it's, like it's full of that. You correct. Know what I mean? The story drives it. The the style is sort of the garnish around it, but actually, you know what, Rodney? I could have chosen a different worst review. I know a, I heard a different you publication. Uh, you know, and, and I think that it's time. Lyndon texted us and he said, "You know, we really need to push to get someone from Slant Magazine to come on the show because repeatedly, I mean, it's just this is getting obnoxious. It, repeatedly, they're 
the worst review, and I intentionally didn't use them this time because it's getting old. Uh, but would I love to talk with them? Absolutely, I would. I'm thinking we we craft uh, we craft an email and we send it out, let the listeners know, and then have them continuously tweet at Slant until someone comes on the show. Yeah, let's do it. All right, all right. The best review. This is one of like what I meant by really really great high regarding reviews. Uh, San Francisco Chronicle. It says. Shot for shot, Big Eyes is one of the most beautiful-looking movies of 2014. But to say that isn't enough, because it's not just pretty, not just pleasing to the eye. It's visually astute. It is made by people aware of what these screen images mean, what they refer to, and the psychological effect that they will have on an audience. I mean, I'm not sure I even know what to make of some of that. <laughs> I think it's just I think it's just saying it's, it's a gorgeous movie. It is a gorgeous movie, but what does it mean that they know the psychological effect it will have on an audience. Like the idea that we're going to be taken by the paint. Cause I guess maybe there I should were some say some landscapes that were beautiful. And then like, you could tell it was almost like they put an Instagram filter over it and really made the, the colors kind of pop off the screen at points. Like when they were in Hawaii and then also when she was driving sort of on the coast, California. Right. right. I remember thinking that, but like knowing the psychological effect that I was going to like, I don't know. I think that it was just a colorful, it was a colorful, beautiful movie. And I'm, I would be the first one to say that that matters to me. Um, or, or at least I think, you know, that has an effect like that, that can boost a movie. It won't, it doesn't change if a story sucks, a story sucks, but, um, uh, I think it can change the overall impact of the movie that it makes on me. But the psychological effect, are they saying like we, they trust that, they know how to use the color to make us feel a certain it's way. It's kind of like having stuff? an attractive guy or girl hold up the beer in a beer commercial. Like you're 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 showing the beer, but you need someone attractive to hold it because there's like this subconscious psychological effect. I mean, I don't know. Why wouldn't you do that with every movie? Then I think maybe they do. You think so? No, not everyone stylizes the color to the to the extent. I, well, mean, I know, like, like John Favreau in the Iron Man movies, he had all the extras that you see in the background be really attractive people. No, 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 no. I'm saying like, well, are they saying the color of this movie? I'm getting it. Doesn't really matter. Just say, I, I, I would press, I would press on this person who wrote the review to say like, explain what you think that sentence means. <laughs> explain uh, to me what you think you're saying here. So that's our movie night pick for this week, but. We also uh, covered various topics, and this week we decided that our topic could be what what are the movie night picks that our listeners would like us to know about? So clearly you can go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com. You can scroll down and submit a movie that you think is worth a movie night. But also, this is sort of a, a, an environment where we want more the merrier. So uh, the topic for today... Movie night picks from you, the audience. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. All right, so, uh, Rodney, the first one, speaking of horror movies, is Babadook. Josh from Rhode Island says Babadook, yeah, which is, I, I think, a Netflix one, right? Is that an uh, original? Babadook. You know, I've wanted you to start that before, and you said no thanks. Yeah, well, I think I'm going to stick to that. Amanda from Massachusetts says Bad Moms. You can moms. do one. You can do one. Bad Moms. I saw that in theaters. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Eric in Virginia says Troll Hunters. Not to be confused with the animated Troll Hunters. This one is a subtitle film. I remember seeing this come out uh, last year and thinking, wow, that looks weird. But everyone who watched it was saying it's amazing. Troll it's, it's Hunters. Like, I think I want to say it's set in like Norway. And it's these people who literally... It's, it's. I think it's also filmed like a mockumentary where they're chasing after a troll 
that's like in, they find in the woods. I think I also could be butchering this badly. So I okay. probably should have done a, even like a half a percent of research before opening my mouth, but mm. I think that's what it is. So I'm going to stick to it. And I said it with okay. confidence. Lauren from Kentucky says the fault in our stars. It's a good one. You know, I did Sad say one. when I sent this out, I said the stipulations are, it has to be accessible, has to be relatively new. I, I basically gave all the stipulations you and I use. Um, the fault in our stars. I actually like that one, but I, I don't know. Is it, where I mean, can we people, find it? Uh, we'd have to look. I don't know if it's on, but Fault in Our Stars is a good one. Sad one. Ben from Connecticut said No Country for Old Men. So, I mean, that was like a that was like a Best Picture nomination, but it is on Netflix, and I feel like there's a good amount of people who it is. haven't that's, watched it. That's one that I watched, and honestly, I was like, I don't I know. I liked it. I liked it the, the second time. The first time I saw it, I, I wasn't with it at all. Uh, Eric from Texas says Slumdog Millionaire. That's a great one. That is a fantastic one. I movie. hesitated to see that one. I just thought... Um, I don't know. I just thought like, uh, I can wait. And the second I saw it from the, actually from the, like the 10 minutes in, I remember thinking you idiot, this is a perfect movie for you. You'd love this. And Alex from Maine, this is the last one. Alex from Maine says the way back, which is not the way, way back, which we've, we've talked about. The way back is, um, about war and survival and it's on Netflix, I believe. Okay. So, great one, Alex, because it's easily accessible and it's one that we have not seen. So maybe Let's, worth the movie night. Yeah, we can check. We can check some of these out. Absolutely. Look at, we're, we're, we're already outsourcing. I like it. We're already outsourcing the work. Growing the team. <laughs> we didn't even get a year in and we said, you know what? This job's hard. Let's, let's outsource it. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. So if you are looking to not be fooled uh, by wasting your time, really, there's no worse feeling when it comes to movies or when it comes to like planning out your week where then you have what you feel like is a good time to watch a movie. Maybe it's raining out and you're just, I'm going to stay in and watch a movie and you're kind of going through Netflix. You pick one and you get like 30 minutes in and you realize, oh boy, yeah, this is a dud. And then you're just convincing yourself. Well, maybe it's like, I guess it's fine. Like, or you're watching it with someone, and after you both are kind of like, yeah, it was okay. Like, but you both know that it absolutely sucked. Yeah, and you just hate that you made. I mean, like we've we've taken on that responsibility. But I will say, this past Saturday after our softball tournament, we watched this one that we're saying to avoid. And I really just wanted a movie that I was gonna like, and I hated, I hated everything yeah, about this. I kept waiting for me to start to like. Actually, I guess that's not really true. I think the first few minutes of it I liked. So it's called Frank. Just Frank. And it has Domhnall Gleeson, who, you know, we saw in, in Ex Machina. He's mm-hmm. also in Star Wars Rogue One. I'm, not, I'm sorry. He's also in Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens. And also Michael Fassbender, who, you know, is great. Maggie Gyllenhaal, who I think is just weird. Uh, but this <laughs> this fun. movie is, uh, by the way, we talked about Jake Gyllenhaal as a topic last week and not once ma- mentioned Maggie. What was it like, Should you think? Have- well. Imagine them like growing up. What if you were like their their friend or their neighbor, and you came over? Like, w- I feel like they both just like weird. Yeah, or if you were, well, I I thought you were gonna say like if you were friends with the Gyllenhaals. Like, and mom, then... I don't want to play with them anymore. Like they they just like I don't know what they were doing, but like they were wearing each other's clothes. Yeah, and uh, like I don't I, know, Jake I was in a bunny costume, yeah. and Maggie had cut Maggie her just... hair, but also stared at me weird with the scissors, putting lipstick over her eyeballs. Like I I I don't want. 
I don't really like them, Mom. Do we have to keep doing playdates over there? So anyway, so this movie, Frank, is uh, one that is literally on every single list you'll find online about best movies on Netflix right now. I mean, if it, I've been putting it off for probably a year because I realize I don't think I'm going to like it. So you'll 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 remember it if you see the picture of it. It's a it's about a band. Donald Gleason's like the newest member of the band, which and then the lead singer played by Michael Fassbender wears a massive like paper mache head, mm-hmm. like cartoonish looking head. And his name is Frank. Mm-hmm. And it is quite honestly, one of the strangest movies I've ever seen and strange yeah. in a bad way. Not no, in a way where I'd say, yeah, that's why it's good. You know, like as I sit here and think of any movie to avoid and ones, especially that seem relatively highly regarded, um, you know, I try and at least, acknowledge the points that other people might be seeing and i think like there's some artistic quality to it there's some like story within there like some psychology or human emotion story within it but i just don't think the payoff is there in my opinion in my opinion i think you're gonna if you're trying to watch this on a movie night it's gonna feel like a lot of work and feel like a lot of work to understand like wait why am i like what is it that i'm not seeing that do you feel that way absolutely uh, you, do you feel, absolutely it's another case says, of like uh it's another case of like the emperor's clothes right we yeah. were talking about that last episode where everyone's saying that the emperor's clothes look great and the little boy's like i don't think he's wearing clothes like right. you know everyone else is afraid to say it and i feel like it's one of those things where you have a movie that's so over the top artistic and it has a good cast where you say like there must be something I'm not getting that everyone else is. And so I don't want to, I don't want to look that way. I want to be with it with everybody else. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was pretty good. I'm going to give it a seven or an eight. Like, no, like be honest. If you had never heard of this movie before and you press play, you'd watch it and say, what, like what drugs were they on when they're Mm -hmm. making this movie? Because like it, it's, it's off the wall. Right. It's the same thing with Swiss army man, which was the most recent, you know, where you just go like, I'm not saying that there's nothing here. I'm just saying that in terms of like an overall complete story, it's just, it's not worth it. Something in, in Frank's corner though, is that at no point did Daniel Radcliffe show up and pull his pants down like, like he did in Swiss army man. So I guess, I guess that's good. So at this point in the episode, um, we are eventually going to be getting into our favorite scenes from big eyes, not big guys. That's going to be a different episode. Probably I would assume, uh, so when we we're getting into our for that one. when we're getting into our favorite scenes, we don't want to spoil anything. So when we get to that point, you can jump ship. But we we do have one more segment for you prior to that. And uh, Rodney, it's it's one of our one of our newest segments, one that got a lot of praise. It's called Movie or Metal, where I'm going to be asking you, I'm going to be telling you a name, and you have to tell me is this the name of a of a metal band or a, a low budget horror movie. And I'm still mad that we have not actually watched Blood Diner. There's but... time. There's time. No, not for you. You're going to, yeah, there's time. You're going to put it off forever. You don't even have any intention of ever watching it. I can see it in your face. Uh, Rodney, why don't you tell us about Checked Out in Jersey? So Checked Out in Jersey is now on Thursday nights. And Chet, I'm trying to adjust my, my schedule here um, mentally. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'm going to be as, uh, as quippy on Thursdays as I am on Mondays. Oh, boy. How do you feel about that? Uh, neutral. Neutral? What else? Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, so you can you can see us there um, 
on Facebook Live at 8 p.m. But you can also, if you you know aren't there or aren't in front of the computer at 8 p.m. Eastern time, you can also download uh, the Checked Out in Jersey podcast. Um, and you know, somewhere within that first 15 minute window or so, we're usually on there talking about our movie recommendation of the week. All right, man, are you ready for the second ever installment of Metal or Movie? Movie or Metal, I'm ready. All right. So again, so I'm going to give you a name. You have to tell me if you think it is the name of a low-budget horror movie mm-hmm. or a heavy metal band. How many How many picks do we have? So last time we had 12. This time we have seven. Okay, I'm going to go seven uh, So I guess seven. you could linger a little bit more on each, but I, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm go praying seven you don't. Seven. Um, also, so you just got to respond either Movie or Metal. First one, Evil Bong. Huh. Um, I don't know why. For a second, I thought I was waiting for more. Uh, I forgot the <laughs> I forgot the game already. I'm gonna go with band metal. Uh, incorrect. It okay. is a movie. That's dumb. Uh, okay, next one, Funeral for a Friend. I, I know that that's a band. It is. You knew that. Yeah. It is a band. I, I thought know. that would be I've, a tricky one. How do you had, know that? Uh, I had songs. Growing up, I had songs from Funeral for a Friend. Funeral for a Friend. You ever, like, go to one of their shows? No. God, no. Okay. Just, I, I had a you friend. Just, you had, you had music quick, you listened quick, to. Quick that. side story. I had a friend. I had, like, you know, I liked some, like, indie rock music, you know, where, like, you could go into a mosh pit and, like, dance around or you could crowd surf or whatever, but you you weren't going to, you know, like, your your life is, is perfectly not at risk, right, if you okay. go to one of the shows. However, I had a friend um, in high school, Gary D. Moranville, who sounds tr- we would sounds talk. Like trouble. Yeah, he he was a bigger guy, played football with me, but he loved going to Ozfest and things like that. Um, so he, for at least two years, tried to convince me to go to like one of those, uh, one of those mosh pits, and he said like, "Ronnie, you would love it." And I was like, "Gary, I don't think I would." He said, no, it's the greatest. You just go in the mosh pit, full, you know, you go around and, like, you know, all I'm trying to do the whole time is just kick people in the face with my boots. And I said, Gary, I would be the one getting kicked in the face by your boots. I, yeah. That's not, I don't want to be in that mosh pit. Rodney, those people see you and they think, that's a boot stomper guy. <laughs> I'm going to stomp all over that guy with my boots. You see, I bought these boots, these, these steel-toed boots for people yeah. like that. <laughs> Look at him smiling. He doesn't get it. No, he definitely. Kick him in the teeth. Yeah. All right, next one, Rado, is Thanks Killing. Thanks Killing. I'm going to go with movie. It's a movie. Good job, man. You are two out of three so far. Next one, Ginger Dead Man. I'm going to go movie. It is a movie. Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> Something, there's, there's a certain, there's a certain oh, genre of movies that I could, like, some of these are giving, oh, some of them man. are hard, some of them give themselves away. Next one is my favorite, <laughs> Pig Destroyer. <laughs> Big, big destroyer. <laughs> this one's got me. This is fifty-fifty. I'm going. I'm going band. It is a band. You're All on right. a roll, man. Four All out right. of five. Next one. I wrestled a bear once. <laughs> it can't be a movie. I don't think. I think that'd be the laziest movie title ever. So I'm gonna go with band. Correct. It is a band. Five oh, out of six. Man. And our luck, they're touring in Boston soon, so we can go see I wrestled a bear once. Oh, I thought you were going to give me... I was like, all right, I'm six for seven. You gave it away, you idiot. <laughs> last, that was what I was thinking Last inside. one. Oh, you thought I was... I thought uh, yeah, you thought like were acting the next yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. All right, last one. It is called <laughs> Santa's Slay. Slay spelled S-L-A-Y. I 
pretty sure I know this is a movie because I'm pretty sure that it stars Goldberg the wrestler. Really? Yeah. Oh, no way. It is I'm, a movie. You don't understand. I like horror. Like, I like the genre of horror. I so can't... even if I haven't seen these, I've seen the covers of these because <laughs> I, I love to just, like, when movie, when Blockbuster used to exist or massive video, I love to video. see the cover of these. I would go to the horror section and kind of just, like, giggle as I walked uh, around. Man, some of these can't even be called movies, I feel. You know, as I was looking at these, I went. Um, I wanted to go to, uh, on the IMDb app, they have the lowest ranked movies of all time, the lowest 100. Yeah. Do you know that the recently released Emoji movie has a 1% on Rotten Tomatoes and, like, a 1.2 on IMDb? But you gotta say, like, 1.2, I guess, is excusable for, like, the person who has no sense of comedy, like, and gives it, like, a decent rating while everyone else gives it a 1. However, and plus 1.2, like, you know, 1 is probably, I don't think you can give a 0. But if you're a critic and you gave it a positive review, like, what are you thinking? It's, you know, what's the best is there were a team of people who sat around a table and thought, like, all we have to do is make a kid's movie. All right, guys, we're... We got tasked with making the next kids movie. Like, there isn't really a high bar here where if we just roll one out, it's going to get mixed reviews at the least. Like, it's for kids. This movie got a 1%. They couldn't even, they couldn't even make a movie that was semi-entertaining for the six-year-olds. The, I feel one of the main characters is poop emoji. I feel like you were off on the wrong foot there. I think, uh, I think I found the only positive review for the Emoji movie, which starts with, there have been worse ideas. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't exactly know how to oh, take no. that one. Um, Man. Oh, gosh. But I'm also going to look now for Santa's sleigh, because if I am correct, if I am correct in that that has I'll watch Goldberg, it. then that would be amazing. I will watch it. I promise you. Bill Goldberg as Santa. <laughs> Wait, can you read the plot description? Santa Claus is actually a demon who lost a bet with an angel, so he becomes the giver of toys and happiness. But when the bet is off, he returns to his evil ways. (laughs) Starring Bill Goldberg. 5.4 out of 10, buddy. Yeah, well, how many ratings? 13? 7,600. In the IMDb world, that's basically 13. I... I am so impressed with myself right now. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Next week, I have a new segment for you, Rodney. I'm going to tell you in advance. It's actually horse names or movies, not <laughs> not metal or movies. But I, I think I can horse, already see. Horse names. I can already see where this is going. <laughs> First one, I'll give you a little preview. Sea biscuit. It's not fair, Chet. <laughs> oh, I I have way too much fun with this. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, man. So uh, this is one that you definitely, we definitely needed to walk the line of spoiling. Yeah. Earlier on, because I mean, the whole premise is that he didn't paint anything, and that she had painted Ever. all of it. Right. Yeah. Even the paintings she thought he had painted earlier, like right when they first met, weren't his either. And even his story of probably being a painter in Paris and having gone to art school most likely was all fake. Yeah, he had never even been to Paris. Right, what, so... What they said, yeah. Yeah, and so, the, you know, a lot of that stuff uh, was building throughout the whole story. So you you assume that he was a painter of paintings that no one cared about, and then he was just selling her paintings, which people loved and cared about, and yeah. then he eventually was taking their credit for it and 
obviously then was the whole like, okay, now you're in this with me because you've been lying too right. by letting me say that they're my mm-hmm. painting. So you're in trouble too. So you can't. So she started to create a, her own style too, in addition to this, that she could paint for herself. And that's where you start to really see him lose it and give her quotas for how many he needed. And then even as a, her life yeah. and all that stuff. And I looked up how much of it was actually true. And I found this really interesting article. It'd be probably worth posting along with, along with the, uh, the episode. And it shows like what, like there were 20 questions, I think. And it was, like, did this really happen? Did this really happen? Did this really happen? And all of them were yes. Like, he really threatened her life. Like, he really uh, had never painted before. Like, he never owned up to not painting him, even till he died. Um, and then the scene we're about to talk about, the courtroom scene, all of that actually happened too. Right. Namely, the fact that he he himself, he cross-examined himself. He right. represented himself, yeah. called himself to the stand, yeah. cross-examined himself. Yeah. Literally sitting down then getting up and going and asking himself a question coming back and sitting down that was when like you said that's when you realize oh yeah like he is like far gone he's tapped and the thing is you know when you told me that you had basically finished everything minus like you know like the very end you know that was where i told you like then you haven't seen it yet because to me that was the most memorable part of this movie like of all you know I think we can all think of movies that have been memorable or that we liked, but if we were to be pressed to remember what it was that we liked about them, you know, it's hard to really, you know, certain movies you, you, you lose it, even movies that you really like, but that, that whole scene where it broke down and he was crazy in the courtroom, um, was it made the movie, right? Yeah. It made the movie. And then the idea too, which I was glad to see that this was how they did it in real court. They did have a paint off yeah. to decide it. The judge yeah. is like, look, I don't know who to believe. So <laughs> yeah. you're both going to paint and yeah. that'll determine who actually painted the picture, which is like the most simple yet brilliant response. Right. To me, it's and like, that really, really. Oh, happened real I love. Life. Yeah. I love just the rational. I like, I yeah. love the fact that in real life, um, that was how they decided to, to tackle it. It'd be like a mom, like making that same thing between like two kids. Like, okay, one's going to sit there. You're going to sit there. You're yeah, going to yeah. paint. Yeah. Right. Like, it's you like fi- like at least logic prevailed in this whole scenario, right? You know, and as it turns out, I mean, we don't need to give it. I mean, obviously, you've already seen it if you're at this point in the episode. But you know, she was able to paint. He wasn't because he said that his arm hurt. That was a true thing too. That really happened. He really claimed that. And again, until the day he died, still claimed that he painted all those paintings. Which I guess that's the position he put himself in, right? I mean, what if he's right? What if all of that was true? What if he actually had an injury? What if she was the crazy one and she got the movie made after her? I don't know. But before we get to that, I want to remind you, you can go to downthehallpodcast.com, scroll down, recommend a movie for us. You can find us on Twitter at downthehallguys. Um, You could also email us, downthehallpodcast at gmail.com. We do our best to stay uh, interacting with you. We love the stuff we get from all of you, and we, we do our best to respond right away. 